0: Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritise quality, aesthetics and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a nonprofit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com, com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. gonna die up there. And welcome to the Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today I got to sit down with the Fetish Daddy of Fetish Daddy Gear, who I've mentioned before as the makers of my incredible rubber clown suit. Ollie and I get to talking about how he started Fetish Daddy and goes into detail about just how intricate some of the amazing pieces he's made are. Today's story time is a quick one from Subboy uk 85 on Twitter, who sent this during Fetish Week London. Hey, I know you will probably be busy with Fetish Week, but wanted to write this now before I chicken out. I've just listened to your podcast, the one with Dunk the Sub. Wow. This edition spoke to me on so many levels. Not just the messy ones, although I do relate a lot, especially with the cleanup. But with the right company, it's definitely worth it. I was inspired to hear a bit about you and Dunk also bricking it when out in public. It's actually quite inspiring how you both cut through it. I need to learn a lot from that. There is so much more I could say about it, but the limited characters on here make it difficult, and I don't want to bore you with my story and troubles. Anyhow, wanted to say thank you for such an entertaining and inspiring podcast, Subboy UK 85 Thank you so much for sending that in, and it means so much to hear that these little chats can be inspirational. I promise you, you cannot bore me or my listeners with your stories. These are all unique, fabulous parts of ourselves, and there's no right or wrong way to talk about your experiences in your own words. It doesn't have to be perfect. None of us are. That said, please keep sending these in to thebigtop.pod at gmail.com. That's thebigtop.pod at gmail.com. And if you get the chance to rate and review this podcast, it really helps get the word out and lets me know if you want more. Today, the circus is in London, England, and I invite you to join me as we go under The Big Dog. I'm going to position myself so that you don't have to look at my wonky uh, phone. Thanks for pointing that out, by the way. You're welcome.
1: Just gives you something for a to-do list. (laughs)
0: Right. My my to-do list is going to be standing here, making sure you can't see it, because there's no way in hell I'm going to the effort of actually fixing it at any point. Um, <laughs> no one can see it anyway, so shut up. I have a super-duper professional setup, guys. And, uh, okay, um, let me quickly give you my, like, usual spiel. Health and safety, emergency exits, all that kind of thing. Exactly. It's really important to know, like, how to get the, the fucker out and away from me.
1: This bit's not recording, right? <laughs>
0: Uh, So all of this is recording. Um, uh, This is just one big gotcha, so I hope you're ready. (laughs) I will call you Nell's house party. Get ready to get cancelled. But I don't want it to be like, hey, welcome, this is the beginning, because that just, like... To the rest
1: of your life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then we have to do a dance number, and,
1: you know, it's a lot. So do you just fade in, like, a 90s record, and then fade out again?
0: I love that you think I'm here mixing and fading. Yeah, this is words. I I don't I don't have to. I paid a nice man to make me a little intro, and that's that's about as technical as I got. Cute. Huh. So yeah, that's kind of like all my spiel. My notes, of course, as ever, don't make any sense. Okay, but yeah, like I'm looking. Uh, oh no, wait. Oh, okay. Actually, these are better. These these make more sense than than normal. Normally, it's just like I've written in code quickly something that says, like, butt cream, question mark. And I'm like, cool, cool. How, how's, your, how's your butt cream, you know? You want to talk about hemorrhoid stories and stuff. That's exactly what I was getting out. How are your hemorrhoids? Have you named them?
1: Yeah, they're like a bunch of grapes, just, just hanging.
0: I was really worried that I might have had a hemorrhoid, because, not to get extremely personal too quickly, but I sort of always bleed when I go to the toilet. And what I've realized is, I don't have a hemorrhoid. I just wipe too hard. So that's...
1: And that's where you need to get some wet wipes. Yeah, I've
0: actually got a bidet now. It's great. Some lotion
1: to put between the rough toilet paper. Ugh, no, I don't like lotion. Baby lotion. Mm. It's what it's for. I know, but it's like... Wiping butts. It's not for moisturizing, it's wiping butts. Listen,
0: a theme of this podcast is how much I absolutely hate, loathe and despise... (laughs) lube it's gross you don't share this sentiment it has a function it has a function that's like stupid (laughs) i don't know why my my first defense is to resort to being a child i used to bottom without lube dude like used to yeah it does actually make it easier (laughs) no i did know that it just like was kind of gross to me where it just bleeding through your butthole because
1: there's no lube there. No, I, like, I was Doesn't young, so... Doesn't seem
0: gross at all.
1: Oh, so you were stretchy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was sort of pliable, like, I, I, I sort of firmed up as I got wizened and old, and now it's just kind of like a, you know, wizard sleeve. <laughs> Why am I still talking... <laughs> So podcast stuff. <laughs> podcast stuff, yes. Well this is this is the whole thing. It's all This is the it's whole all... thing. It's
1: just us chatting absolute
0: shit for an hour. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there are all the boring questions like, uh, how did Fish Study get started? But you know, I'm here for like the real hard hitting, you know, mm-hmm. how many anal fissures have you had in your life kind of questions. I have a slave friend who um I love the whisper. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, like as if you he can hear me. He he had like a, a nasty fucking fissure. And he was absolutely determined to bottom for his master that weekend. And he basically said to the doctor, like, I'm gonna give this a few days to heal. And that's it. And the doctor was like, No, 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 that's not how like anything works. People are crazy. Anyway, how are you today? <laughs> I mean, not
1: bleeding, thank goodness. Yeah, I'm good. I am good. Tired, because I have spent an hour and a half on the phone to BT.
0: Sorry, but an hour and a half, I know that's, like, that's brutal, but an hour and a half is pretty good for BT.
1: Oh yeah, but that's an hour and a half on top of the 16 hours I've already been on the phone to them over the bath tower of many months. Borge moi. Um, infuriating. But I was sat doing customer sketches while uh, I was on the phone to a lovely, lovely
0: Irish lady. Uh, your job is so fucking cool that you get to do that. Hello. Sit there what, and draw. I get to talk to BT for two no, hours? No, that you get to, like, <coughs> draw cool pervy weird <laughs> nonsense yeah. while you talk yeah. to BT for yeah. two hours. I was,
1: I was sketching up a hot pink Leather mini skirt with leg harnesses
0: and a yeah? body
1: harness. No, this is for a lovely, uh, lovely blonde client of ours uh, who is going to look super Barbie in it.
0: Okay, is it it's who not I'm for thinking? the one that
1: you're thinking of. No, ah,
0: damn it. Boy. <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. That would have been fucking cool. Also, sorry. Actually, no, I'm going to save that for the end. I'm going to save that for the end. Uh Oh, is because this where I... you send
1: a digital custard pie?
0: <laughs> yeah I, I have to fax it though so i hope you still have okay. one of those my leather supplier does <laughs> really yeah yeah i'm not even yeah. sure i would know actually no i do know what a fax looks like wait don't printers just have them built in these days
1: no because nobody sends faxes anymore
0: yeah yeah, yeah. but like okay not these days but like didn't they just integrate those into printers? And so now it's Oh yeah,
1: my first ever job out of school, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. we got our faxes through the photocopier and two people in the company had desktop computers that could send emails. Yes.
0: Is that a uh, lenient for th- 20 years? Absolutely,
1: how dare <laughs> you? It's actually 19 years because I was 18 at the time and I am only 37.
0: Oh Well, Okay. <laughs> I say only 37. <laughs> Carry on. 37's young, mate. Forty's the new 20. I'm looking forward to 35. I feel like I've finally hit my stride. I'll finally figure out this, you know. I'm I'm still not sure what I'm doing with all this. No, but one day you'll... I feel like I need a twirling moustache. It is
1: useful. It does give you
0: something to do. Yeah, like, I think, I think that could be my thing. Seeing as I can't grow any other facial hair, maybe I do a twirling moustache. Anyway. I
1: did get asked yesterday by one of my very good friends, who is also probably the best barber I've ever had, ever. Hairdresser, whatever you want to call it, Dog be. groomer. And he said to me, have you have you had, have you had extensions on your moustache? I said, no. He said, it's looking very long. It after I very long. Measured him. This is after it's been cut. I didn't have the heart to tell him that I'd blow dried it straight that morning. Um, so was <laughs> looking even longer. But yeah, he gave it a good trim for me.
0: You have a very
1: formidable moustache. Well, yeah, I was asked if I would model for something the other day, and, they said, and I said, yeah, but when? And they said, we don't know yet, just do not touch that moustache.
0: Yeah, ever, really.
1: And said, to be honest, the moustache is the only reason anyone actually ever comes and talks to me, so I will not be going
0: That's not true. We commission you as well. Well, and, you know, people want stuff, yeah. People want things from you, you know. Yeah, yeah. They want to make them pretty. Speaking of, okay, so genuinely, how did... Better steady daddy gear get started. So
1: I was an architect for the best part of 14 years. Well, in training, blah, 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 for all that. you know. But uh, to all intents and purposes, I was drawing buildings, making models of concepts of buildings, all sorts of things like that. Uh, towards the end, I was working for a property developer, talking to people high up in city halls, explaining to them why designs were good. And then I had a motorbike crash. And my company being... A hard-faced corporate company that they were didn't want to pay me sick pay after three days so we agreed that i would leave quietly for a payout um and i was sat on the sofa at home wondering what the hell to do with my life and a friend came over and said, "Oh, I've just found this really cute little leather shop over in East London. You can buy a few, like you can buy scraps, you can buy a buckle, you can buy some screws. Why don't you just get some bits and just teach yourself something while you're sat here bored?" So I bought some scraps and a couple of single straps and some bits and bobs, and I made my dog a harness that we could go dog walking with. Uh, or dog hobbling as it was for me at that point point. Um, and then I made a matching one for the other dog and the first one took me eight hours to design and the second one took me an hour to make I thought okay this is this is good this is good uh, and then people in the park wanted to buy them so I sold a few I thought well this is never going to pay the bills but you know it's nice to have a bit of extra cash coming in
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then very quickly gay boys were like look if you're making them for dogs you can make them for me to go clubbing again." <laughs> Yeah, quite right. Yeah. Four and a bit years later, here we are. I've got six employees, about to be seven Mm -hmm. Um, next week sometime, plus me, plus my husband helps out with things uh, marketing-wise. I have an amazing, well, we have an amazing studio space just behind Brick Lane in central London, which now has natural light. Mm. Uh, We were in a fairly grotty, but perfectly serviceable basement storage unit for four years
0: okay i've seen both these places that first one i have to say was cool it was cool like it was underground and it's blinking you miss it like it's hard to see and and then you go in and yeah it looked cool this place with the natural light is also really really nice
1: it just it feels more like a design atelier that makes beautiful things which is to all intents and purposes what we are it's just Mm -hmm. we make beautiful things for you to do
0: filthy things (laughs) you make beautiful things for perverts
1: yeah and for the occasional drag queen slash person on stage somewhere slash whatever
0: well and also I, i what i actually love about your whole brand is that you've really tapped into the cosplay side of things which is not something you see a lot in fetish stores.
1: So it was really interesting. On the weekend, I was asked by the Tom of Finland Foundation if I could um, go and be part of a talk. Uh, so they were doing they're doing a series of exhibitions that travel all over the world, and um, they came to London and they tapped onto the start of um, a leather night called Hunter, uh, which is a new leather night in London. Uh, Quick plug for that. It will be happening about every six weeks. It was absolutely incredible. Um, And at the start of it, they had an hour of, we've got some Tom Finland art being displayed. Um, Or sorry, artists that had uh, been selected by the foundation to display uh, things that were inspired by Tom Finland. And uh, they then said, right, on Saturday and Sunday, we've got this art market that's happening in the Standard Hotel opposite Kings Cross Station. Um, and we're doing a few talks. So they had some porn stars there doing talks. They had various different people there doing talks. And one of the talks was uh, me, Brew Hunter, who is very big on the leather scene in London, and Sir Dirk Dana, uh, who is kind of, I guess, the granddaddy of the Tom Finland uh, Foundation. And it was the three of us just having a light conversation for 20, 25 minutes uh, about where our inspiration came from. And there, was, you know, there were expressions that uh, Tom of Finland was kind of the beginnings of where today's typical leather daddy mm-hmm. and leather daddy uniform comes from with the language jackets, et cetera, et cetera. And the question came to me of, well, where are people coming to you uh, with inspiration from now? And the really interesting thing for me is it's still fictional characters. Mm-hmm. Whether it yeah. was *Tom of Finland*, which whatever it was, nineteen—we've just had the hundredth birthday, so nineteen twenties, I guess, around then. You know, is is depicting very sexualized, beautiful, masculine, quote unquote, typical masculine mm. depictions of men in lust with each other, which was unheard of back then. And people have taken that and made it their real life with. The leather and with the way the jeans were cut and all of this sort of stuff and now i'm having people come to me and say there's this pokemon can you make me something yeah or there's um this superhero or i'd like to become my own superhero could you design something for me and so the interesting thing is it's still from the fantasy land yeah it's still from this fictitious space where people have this feeling of comfort and eroticism and uh safety it's not the world that we all you know no one's coming to me and saying oh i i'd really like you to make me a kinky outfit that's come from my office job
0: yeah yeah, yeah. well there's something so i just had space pup silver on and we were talking about um how like cartoons there's something about that image that sears itself into your brain and i think all these things come from our upbringing, that shaped and molded, you know, all the the media that we intook that sort of made us feel funny and then turned us into the kinks as we are today. There is something about, I guess it's kind of the same thing. There's just more of these things that really sear themselves into your eyeballs. Like, for my generation especially, it's like everybody knew all the Pokemon, everybody. And so that was just like a cultural touchstone, the same way that I imagine if you got your hands on you know some tom of Findlay magazine when you were younger and were like oh wow this is something that sparks joy <laughs> i don't know i'm just know, gonna just...
1: jump i'm just gonna jump in there uh, your generation no Pokemon, and i'm back in the 1920s <laughs> i am not that much older than you <laughs> But thank you. Um, yes, if I got my hands on some of Finland artwork when I was younger, which I did not, I would like to point out. Um, all right, then. For me, it would have been what was the era? It would have been anything from
0: Buffy. Oh yes. Oh right. I don't know where that came from? Um, it would have been. Well, Buffy's so easy to do with leather. I mean, it's all leather anyway. Exactly.
1: Um, and then you would have. I, I mean, I was big on Thunderbirds, but I don't think I'm ever going to have a wank to that. But, okay. you know,
0: potential for... There's a lot of potential with
1: Thunderbirds. There's so much potential, right? Captain Scarlet. My God, the number of birthday cakes I had that my mum painstakingly <laughs> got a photocopy of a picture of a Thunderbird, something from Stingray, Captain Scarlet, and pricked through the top onto the icing and then beautifully hand-painted onto the top of it. Wow. Uh, that was my, you know, that was my birthday cake. And I can just see those... Those characters now, then, sort of progressing into the next thing of, well, actually, let's have a more adult
0: relationship with this. Yeah, um, it's like Scooby Doo. I mean, how many times are people going to make a latex Velma? Uh, well, I mean, once so far. Um, <laughs> in our in our case,
1: and Daphne, there wasn't budget for Fred. Fred had to wear cloth. <laughs> but um, you know, you can you can highly imagine. Scooby Doo getting sexualized. You can, maybe not the dog itself, but I mean, maybe the dog itself. You know.
0: No, I've seen a really, really good one. Someone did a a leather Scooby Doo um, with one of those tufted pup masks, and the outfit was just like brown, sort of top and shorts, but it all went together, collar and and paws, and like, yeah, it was like okay, yeah, scooby-doo's grown up. If
1: you do it right, any of it can be disgusting. Totally, and I mean that in the most (laughs) best way. Um, Yeah, because
0: like Thunderbirds. I mean, I'm thinking of like the suits you could really yeah. do something with the suits yeah. lady penelope i mean oh, right
1: she's the original barbie
0: actually i think barbie uh, was out before penelope. no no i don't think she was but
1: but also you could do a puppet thing. i mean when you say you could do a puppet thing that just sounds like a friday night for most people now
0: i know <laughs> Dude, you just, yeah. i'm so into being a puppet right now I'm so into being a puppet right now. Well, l- less less of the getting of the getting fisted. I am fisting someone again soon. That's new. For do they me. know about it? I think they do. <laughs> They've let me in before, so I'll just sort of gently knock okay. at the door of there. <laughs> yes, they know about it. Okay, it sounds to me like you actually really fell into this, which is kind of amazing. But Oh, I
1: absolutely did. But I think what's nice about it is I am taking all of my years of experience in architecture and design and model making and any of those things. That, I mean, I spent years and years and years using laser cutters to create the most beautiful architectural models both commercially and through my student days and it was all about the really fine details and now when we are Mm -hmm. doing latex pieces we often do beautifully laser cut pieces i mean if you think i mean it was years and years ago now uh we made rebecca moore into the most stunning french maid yeah and i don't know if you've seen that outfit but it i have oh yeah we had i think it was it was six different white circle skirts each with two or four layers of pleating at the edge of them which just then was topped in a black circle skirt and the edge of that circle skirt we had designed lace that looked like william morris uh, print but if you looked a little bit closer it was made of penises and vaginas and sperm so willy yeah wow. Morris, if you will um yeah. <laughs> and the, the the edge of the uh the apron had that same lace and then we'd done a micro version of it that went around the, the hands of the gloves and around the trim in the hair i mean that was that was the most detailed french made outfit i have i think ever seen and Uh, around the top of the stockings that were made of latex we did the same lace it was it was all but all of that was laser cut and all of that had to be drawn in a very specific way on the computer so that it didn't just set fire to the latex so I was able to take that knowledge from all those years of right how do I not set fire to a piece of cardboard to go right okay now I'm using something even more delicate and I've still got to be able to clean this afterwards and glue it down because latex when you laser cut it becomes it just becomes this sticky goo it's disgusting oh. and it smells horrible. Oh. It's just toxic. It's horrible. And you have to use the solvent thinner to get it off. But the second you use the solvent thinner, it becomes so sticky that any of the fine stuff will stick to itself. So we've had to come up with ways of, right, how do we laser cut this stuff? How do we then stick it down afterwards? Because you need to put a layer of glue on there. How do you make sure it's not sticking to itself? How do you make sure everything stays in the right place? So it has been, you know, we can now do some of the most incredibly fine detailed football team badges bits of lace all sorts of things which i'm not seeing anyone else doing i mean there are there are bits of it out there but not in the detail level that we're doing it because we've gone to so much time and energy of researching and working out and playing with it and just experiencing right how do we do this and it's a lot of it has come from my knowledge from the 15 years before of drawing buildings and making models then follows through into
0: this. I, I mean, to hear so much of like that process, you're, you've essentially <laughs> transitioned into just being the architect of smut, which I, which I love. That, that, like, that fine-tuned detail is something that I love, love seeing. Because actually, there's a lot of things that, um, that really drew me to your stuff. One of them was that detailing. The other one was colour. Because I I love injecting a splash of color into the scene. Because so much of the time, everybody's just in black. And you'll have pops of color, but they're only really popping because they're against black. And when you have two people wearing the same color, you start confusing them in the crowd. It's so, 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 so cool when you see someone dressed as fucking Fred Flintstone and it's like bright. You know, just something so out there. And yeah, mastery of color and detail is just like... I had to get my clown suit done
1: (laughs) i mean it's interesting because all those years of working in the architecture world where everything has to be white it's got to be white it's got to be architectural or it's a shade of gray or you know it's 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 a something um it's the same reason that our brand color is not black because Mm -hmm. every fetish company has everything's black yeah so i chose a very dark blue because i thought well that's like classy black right um Sure, let's go with that. It still needed to be something dark, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I wanted it to have some sort of colour in it. And so I just really, really like very dark blue. It just, it makes it more, there's just a hint of something different in there. It couldn't accidentally be mistaken for, oh, this is just a bunch of goths making stuff. Mm. There's, There's something there. Yeah. Not that it would be any, I mean, let's face it, actually, half of my stuff it is a bunch of goss making stuff, but yeah, that's yeah, not the I, point. I gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, the, the injection of color into things, I mean, one of the many reasons I started the company was because I <laughs> needed something to do with my life. Um, but the more important ones were, I was absolutely fed up of looking on websites and being like, sure, that ripped white muscle boy looks great in that outfit, but what am I going to look like? I look like a sack of spuds. Mm. Two, I am so bored of everything being the same. Yeah. Because I walk into any venue, any shop even, and I look at stuff and go, I'm just seeing the same thing again. Someone's put some edge trim on something. Yeah. And I know why they do that. You naturally have to put something on the edge to strengthen the edge of it, and we can make it a different color and charge a little bit extra for it and say it's a detail. It's, it's easy. It's fine. It's what a lot of people want. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I just wanted to be able to go, we're going to
0: do something different. I love that you've also set yourself a challenge in in that sort of mission statement there. Yeah. Let's do the hard thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, the number <laughs> of times I have had members of staff go to me, well, that's not going to be easy. And I just turn around and go, when do we do what's easy? Yeah. People don't come to us for easy.
0: Yeah, as one of those people. Eh? <laughs> we, we,
1: have, we have projects that have been going for a long time because they are so difficult and that customer is so invested in what we're doing. They are happy for the fact that we have been working on it for, in the case of one of them, two years um, no. to work out how to do it. And yeah, sure, we're making a massive loss on it. But at this point, it's just bloody mindedness has taken mm-hmm. over. And I'm just going, we're going to do this. I promised you we would do this at the start. And we're going to work out how to do it.
0: Okay, I I want to pivot away quickly and then come back to this. Because I, I want to know, like, well, first of all, I love that you, you, in falling into this, really, have really, really immersed yourself in all things kink. Because in addition to things like color and detailing and that sort of stuff, the variety when you look at your social media of just what is possible, and it all just kind of boils down to imagination. Like, if you can think it, you can make it. What then are your actual main kings? is what I'm getting at? Because were you already in this world? Were you already in this yeah. community? Were you already yeah. like sort of bumbling about and then all the things came came together so
1: I already owned some leather uh, I already owned some rubber when I
0: so you've I always been back, a pervert
1: I've always been a pervert yeah I mean it was something that again came up at this this chat with uh, with Brew and Dirk Dana the other day so Dirk Dana was they said oh what's your leather pass and I said well I guess my first experience was buying a pair of leather trousers at a car boot sale for 50p and then cutting the crotch and arse out of them to try and make them into a pair of chaps and realizing that while I was vaguely turned on by what was going on, I was also wildly turned off by how ugly they were. (laughs) Um but then actually I had the the memory of well sitting in class at school supposed to be reading a book and what I'm doing is holding the leather bookmark that I've been bought from the gift shop of some castle that I'd been dragged around for days on end because it was educational and was expected to read every single bit of text there which I did not want to do in the slightest as a dyslexic child <laughs> And instead, I'm just sitting there pressing this bookmark over my nose, daydreaming, smelling the leather, thinking how wonderful it smelled. And you think that was, what, age seven, eight? Wow. I have no idea why I like the smell of this leather. I just know that I like the smell of this leather. Now I walk into my entire studio and that's what that smells like. Mm. Um, so for me, um, it, you know, it, it's, I've always had that in me. And what I realised over the beginning years was that what also was very prevalent within my kink, and this is going to sound so strange, was my OCD. Mm -hmm. And actually, if I can look at a piece and see that the stitching is straight, that's also quite arousing to me. Yeah. And I know that sounds very strange.
0: No, that makes sense. Like, (laughs) on this podcast, strange is... uh...
1: (laughs) For me, the... Uh, I guess one of my biggest, in fact, probably my biggest turn on is to do with smells. So it's it's armpits, big time, right? Man smells. Uh And I remember when I was 21, 22, getting together with one of my first fuck buddies, um, who ended up being my best man at my wedding, um, who was somewhere in his 40s at the time. He said it blew his mind that someone my age knew that they were into armpits at that point nowadays being into armpits is like vanilla as fuck yeah you know, like... they, they say that they say fisting is the new vanilla but when i was 20 <laughs> ish you know knowing that you were into that everyone was everyone was dousing themselves in deodorant and blah 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 and i was like gosh no please don't do that just you know stink a bit and shove you shove my face in it but for me it's also to do with whether it's the smell of an armpit a man the the leather they're wearing it's it's a big thing it's a really big thing and i guess different leathers smell in different ways. And I make a real point of the hides that we
0: buy are of a quality that smell incredible. I, I love that there's a sensory element that's that's really prevalent. And it makes sense to me as well that that's something you would link into your OCD, right? Because these are all foundational parts of us and they all kind of, we often talk about like kink being a way to safely kind of work things out. And I think it's a similar way you can kind of switch off or work through things or enjoy kind of the quiet of hyper focusing on on something but is this something you would say is tied to like an early experience that kind of shaped this or is this just like
1: i don't know you know i I had some pieces of leather i do not think i had any rubber before i met my husband when i first met liam he had some pieces of neoprene oh i love uh... neoprene He had just lost shed loads of weight. Uh when I first met him, it was four days after his thirtieth birthday. And he he'd ignored all my grinder messages uh (laughs) because he'd been so drunk on his thirtieth birthday. Uh and I thought, and I think I sent him a message saying I'm gonna try one more time saying hi. And he responded. And he said he was chilling at home with a date and then sent me a photograph of a piece of dried fruit. And I think at that moment I went, I'm probably going to marry this one stupidly. It's just a throwaway thing in my head. Mm. So 11 years later, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we are. But yeah, he had, neoprene because it was very smoothing to his body that he just lost shed loads of weight and had various bits of excess skin and it was stretchy so it would still fit him you know mm-hmm. wherever he was in his journey and between us we then started exploring and as he became more body confident with his new body and he decided to rather than removing the skin he decided to bulk up to stretch it all back out again which is why he is now built like a british shithouse as they say Mm-hmm. and he slowly started to fall in love with, leather, with, with with latex. And so I tried some pieces, and I did as well. And I think we were both already sort of in love with leather, but me to a more extent because I'd been able to get more because I was more of a standard size at the time. Mm-hmm. So I guess mine and Liam's fascist journey also has completely shaped how I want to run this company. It's why everything we do is made to... Either made to your measurements or fully tailored to you, depending mm-hmm. on what you're buying. Yeah, because nobody is the same size.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. At
1: all, anywhere,
0: and also we all change size, which is and something. We change I actually, size. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that about rubber that you can actually kind of <sighs> leather. It's like, okay, this looks great on me now, <laughs> but yeah. who knows? You know, if I change, this might not fit me. Whereas rubber, it gives you a bit of leeway to kind of like...
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think my leather wardrobe has always been an ever-evolving place. It started with a whole bunch of cheap stuff off eBay that cost me like maximum 20 quid because I didn't know if I was into it. And I didn't have very much money as a budding architecture intern. And one day my housemate borrowed it all. Mm-hmm. And the person he was playing with uh, when my housemate fell asleep stole it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I added it all up and I went, it's probably about 250 quid worth of stuff. I think I was more upset the backpack it was in had all gone. But it wasn't, you know, as considering the amount, the number of objects in that bag, it could have been a lot worse price wise. Could have been a lot worse.
0: Still, that's ridiculous. Whoa. So
1: uh he said, look, there's 250 quid, I'm really sorry. And I went and bought myself one pair of Rob Chaps and. I absolutely loved them. And that was where I went, no, I'm a 100% into this. Mm. I just need it to not fall apart like that thing was that I bought off eBay for 10 quid. Yeah. And that was when I realized. And so my, my wardrobe has then evolved through. And it's always been a case of, okay, well, sell it. Move on to what your next thing is. Mm. And I know that's not the most economically sensible way to do it necessarily. Yeah. But it also means that I could have an ever-evolving wardrobe, yeah. and it also means That's someone so else cool. can
0: get a bargain of a piece of second-hand gear. Yeah, I actually really like the second-hand. I, I I don't know. I think I kind of have a thing for wearing someone else's clothes. So I also really appreciate things that are already a little worn in. Yes, yeah. Kind yeah. Of-
1: I mean, I think my first few pairs of boots were from the army surplus store, already worn in by some, in my mind, wildly hunky army <laughs> person. <laughs> Um, And that meant that I never had any blisters because they'd already been worn in by someone. Yeah,
0: exactly. Now I get myself
1: a brand new pair of Doc Martens and I'm like, right, heel guards on for the first six months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just got my first pair of Docs and they are broken in already, which I really like. And they're a That's bit scuffed, helpful. which I really like. I actually really like. Nice. Okay. I was sort of formulating this while you were talking about how things came to be in your sort of parallel journeys getting there rather than just ask you what your favorite thing you've created is i want to know like what's the coolest thing you've seen someone want made like what like i assume that you must see a lot of cool smutty nonsense and just all the kinks under the sun what's the coolest thing someone's come and been like can you make this
1: if i say anything other than the clown suit are you going to be upset apart from <laughs> apart from
0: Yeah, obviously that was fucking cool.
1: Um, It's not even necessarily kink related. Cool. It's the corset that we made for self esteem to wear on stage at Glastonbury. Oh. So this was, um, I was asked by a chap called Luke Day who is stylist to the world, it seems, if I would be able to help make some form of bra or corset or something that Rebecca could wear on stage at. And I think at that point he said Mighty Hoopla. He said she's up and coming. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to do it? I was like, yeah, sure, as long as there's some budget to cover costs. Blah blah blah. She sounds great. Love the music. Like, had a little listen to her Spotify. Absolutely love the music. So I thought, yeah, sure, I'm into this. Fine. And what she wanted was to have a bra. She's she's a working class Sheffield girl, mm-hmm. and she wanted a bra where the boob cups were very similar to the domes from the top of Meadowhall Shopping Centre in Sheffield which just each looked like a tip with a massive nipple on the front. Yes, yeah. I'm not entirely sure what they were all expecting me to come up with, but I don't think it's what I did come up with. I said, well, actually, we could probably 3D print some pieces, and then we could, to make it comfortable, it should be probably made of rubber. So let's see if we can 3D print some pieces and then make moulds from them and maybe cast them from silicone and then maybe we could look into whether we can dye some of the silicone and maybe we could look at casting a corset from silicone as well and I said which I have no I'm sure it's been done because there are no new ideas in fashion but Mm -hmm. I've never seen it done but we could give it a go and then I decided it should be made of clear silicone so that it looked like the glass of the domes And we painstakingly hand painted all of the window mullions, as they're called, the the window frames of the building were cast in as part of the 3D print that we'd had printed so there were you could see the, the demarcation of the window frames and you could see the, the sunken pieces that should be the window panes for example the glass pieces but we painted the top surface of that with a sort of gray silver liquid silicone that you could paint on we then went round, or i went that one round and infilled every single one of the windows that was a little bit cloudy with some more clear liquid silicones so that it went shiny i then cast the corset which had steel boning which we painted silver cast into it so that that also looked like the structure of the building. Okay. And then cast various pieces of uh, silver fabric in where we wanted the corset to not stretch so it could have a little bit of a cinch to it. Wow. Or where we wanted to put the eyelets because obviously, if the silicone had stretched, the eyelet would just pop straight out. And then I had to glue it all together. <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure how to glue it all together, which, you know, because you could do it with liquid silicone, but liquid silicone takes hours to set and I can't hold it all there for hours. So we had to superheat it with um, a, a paint stripping heat gun, basically, to glue it all together. And then Luke said to me, oh, by the way, this is going to be on stage at Glastonbury, not not at Mighty Hoopla. And I was slightly disappointed because I was going to Mighty Hoopla, but I wasn't going to Glastonbury. And I don't think it clocked at that point just how big that was, that we were going to have something on stage at Glastonbury.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: And it certainly hadn't clocked that she was going on the John Peel stage. Photographs of it everywhere afterwards. Mm -hmm. It got reviewed in Vogue magazine. Oh, yeah. Well, we were obviously likened to Jean-Paul Gaultier. (laughs) Funnily enough, Fetish Study was not named. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shocking.
0: But still, that's a nice quote from Vogue. But it's
1: it's yeah, you know, it is just an incredible piece to be able to say that we've made it and just how far it went. It was spoken about everywhere, and Rebecca sort of says, you know, Glastonbury was the, st- you know, she's been doing this for a long time, but then she said Glastonbury was the start of everything going a bit crazy mm-hmm. and really taking off. And I like wow. to think that, of course, it was a tiny little part of that, <laughs> tiny little part, because she is so insanely talented. I, her voice is just. Beautiful, yeah. I would say that's one of the pieces up that I would say is up there. Obviously, the clown suit as well.
0: Oh right, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Okay, what's the, what's your favorite thing then that you've created? That's just like your favorite
1: uh, that I personally have created, or the team?
0: I guess uh, the team. The team. It is still Rebecca Moore's French maid.
1: You every fat. time, every time, I, there is one photograph taken by Matt Spike. Where she has just stood there perfectly straight upright, hand on boobs. And it makes me well up every time I see it. It is so beautiful. I just I just cannot I just can't get past how stunning it is. And I watched her when we put her in this outfit fully for the first time. She's obviously had loads of fitting. When we put her in it fully for the first time. And bearing in mind, this is during COVID and we're all in masks and she's about to do a solo shoot because that was all she was allowed to do. Um, Or all she would allow herself to do just for her own personal safety, I think actually more. It was just seeing the look on her face. And obviously she's got a full face of makeup that it's just taking someone two hours to put on. And I just watched as she looked like she was about to start crying. And I was like, don't you start because I'll start. But also we don't have time for your makeup to smudge. (laughs) Because (laughs) you just saw her see how fucking beautiful she looked. And um, yeah, that is the moment that will always get me. And we had the same with Rebecca Lucy Taylor, who, in her Meadowhall corset, when I first put her in it in front of this room of stylists and managers and blah blah blah, and just the look on her face of, oh my god, I look, I look good. I look incredible. And I mean, that is why I do this job is that look when we get it right. Is that look that someone who often doesn't really think very much of what they look like then sees themselves in the mirror and goes, Oh no, I'm beautiful.
0: Yeah. I feel that. Fuck. Actually. Yeah. No, I really had that moment as well because I think the, the shoot we did in my suit was like, that's my favorite I've ever looked. Okay. That must be like the best Or one of the best parts of of your job? It is absolutely the best part of my job. (laughs) I was about to say, what's the worst?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Battling with my addiction to carry on working and trying not to let myself burn myself out.
0: Yeah, I mean... I am very much a champion of when the workday is done, it's done. And don't be a hero. Because especially when you're doing something that involves so much skill, creativity, thought, expertise, you are going to inevitably be burning out all the time. And you need to give yourself proper breaks.
1: I agree on that. I completely agree on that. But on the flip side,
0: Mm -hmm. when you've
1: got a small business, you have a team that you need to pay at the end of every month. Uh, who rely on that pay at the end of every month. And an Instagram message comes through at 9 p.m. when you're sat at home watching TV, and it's someone in the States who, for them, it's a perfectly normal time. Or maybe not. Maybe it's just someone in Wales who just wants to talk to you because they found you at 9 p.m. and they're horny, mm-hmm. right? And they want to talk about their next outfit. Of course, I'm going to sit and have a quick chat with them because that could be a lost sale. And yeah, that's not healthy. But also, when you're still a growing business, you need to nurture all of these clients. You need to convince them that what you do is what they want. So it's very easy to find yourself at any time in the day. I have messages from people at seven o'clock in the morning and I wake up and I see them and I reply and then I go, what are you doing? You haven't even brushed your teeth yet not that they can smell it through Instagram but you know what i mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah 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 well that's also just like how the world is right now like i mean sorry how the world is now like anyone can reach you at the drop of a hat and so the lines kind of blur it's not like no one's going to yeah. talk to you until you go into the office but that's what you hire a team for to pick up all those pick up all those little jobs Speaking of which, I just realised this is gonna come out on Tuesday.
1: Oh, oh interesting. Oh.
0: This will be out on my um, my first day. First day on the show. On your first day. So we tell are
1: we are we just gonna, I don't know, we gonna camera, crown I don't know. that on this podcast. Are we gonna crown <laughs> that that you're gonna come and start as our marketing extraordinaire person? Wait, I thought you hired me to be
0: blowjob clown. Oh, well, yeah, that's what it says in brackets. Oh, right. Sorry, yes. Contract. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah, legally. yeah. I didn't read the fine print. Okay, cool. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Me too. I know.
1: Me too. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like it because I'm half asleep, but no. <laughs> that's okay. I wouldn't be that excited. <laughs> no, I mean I am excited because you, um, without blowing your clowny horn. We. <laughs> oh. That was terrible, wasn't it?
0: No, I actually quite liked it. <laughs> we,
1: yeah. You know, you, it makes a very big difference having someone within the industry
0: mm-hmm, uh, yeah. who
1: fully understands, not within the industry, within the community, sorry, who fully understands. You know, we had that before and that was really helpful. And we tried something a little bit different with a different team who worked brilliantly on so many levels, but just we need that community understanding. So yesterday I went to a kink space seminar held in Chambers uh, near Temple in central London, and it was bringing together the Kink Coalition, as they've called themselves, uh, who are a series of promoters and nighttime people. Who are within the kink industry who are trying to come up with best practice to make all of our events safe and they're trying to then reach out and talk to councils so that rather than councils going oh you couldn't possibly do that in our ward and mm-hmm. shutting the events down they're trying to go to them and say look we've done a risk assessment we've done this we've done that we've, blah, 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 blah. we've ticked all of these boxes that you haven't asked us to tick but we're doing it anyway please let these events go on please don't raid them please let all of this continue but also please give us the backup that when we need your help, you're there for safety of our clients. That's very cool. And it was very interesting to see Leo, who was a lawyer who was, I'm going to say comparing, that's not right, running the meeting, was, you know, he was saying to, because there were local councillors there, there were people who had travelled down from Manchester Council, there were police officers there, uh, so there were there was uh, some, some very senior people from the city police and from uh, the Met Police there, who were all engaging, all open minded to a point of these things. And Leo was sort of saying, well, you need to you need to go to these events to fully understand them. You can't just look at what it is on paper. If you don't go to them, how are you going to understand them? And my point was, why are you not employing people from the community as part of this? Yeah. You know, we wouldn't expect to have employed a straight white man to work on ethnic issues. Why right. on earth are we expecting a bunch of cis straight white heterosexuals to decide how kink spaces that are generally filled with anything but that
0: yeah and straight heterosexuals are the worst uh,
1: sorry straight laced heterosexuals <laughs> is more what i was trying to say you know why are we doing that and leo's point was well the hope is that they then say well actually we don't want to go to those events so we are going to trust what these peers of the kink community are are talking to us about and see it with logic and understand that everything that they have said makes full sense Mm. and if we have a question then we will go to these events and understand but we very clearly from the looks on faces around the room do not want to go to these events
0: right yeah
1: so if you don't want to be part of it talk to the people who understand it and please understand their views at the very least and that was something it was just having in the same way that having you come on to work for us in marketing is because you're part of the community, but you also have a marketing background and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to list off your IMDb page. Um, <laughs> these local authorities need to. Um...
0: I do actually have an IMDb. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> you
1: know, these these local authorities need to take the word of and the advice of people within these communities.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um so <laughs> that really like grabbed me. I remember that I do have I do have a credit on IMTV. Um yeah, man, it's just it 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 like it strikes me really as we talk about this so so many times in so many different areas where it's like people just aren't seeing us or asking us or Uh, It's frustrating, actually, in many parts of life, having to make a case for why us being around is like (laughs) something that should be readily accepted or our opinion should be heard on things that, you know, specifically affect us. But yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to come on board. And I'm (laughs) also, that's why I wanted to do this before I did, because otherwise it's like just gonna just gonna interview the boss you 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 you, uh you did um catch me sniffing my my armpit and i i wasn't gonna mention this but since you brought it up um i just
1: raised an eyebrow this is not a video thing (laughs) if it was i'd have a much sexier background in the background
0: this is four days of me not showering that's what's in this room yeah Absolutely. No
1: wonder that foam Maybe. tile has gone wonky on the wall behind
0: you. <laughs> just everything in here is melting.
1: It's just melting off the wall, yeah.
0: My underwear is like Swiss cheese. Yeah, well, you know. Lots of holes in it. Yeah, just falling apart. Nice. Got to get that. That, that stink is just permeating through my, my entire being. I just thought you'd oh, like to know that. If only this scratch and sniff. <laughs> well, look, I've got enough stink pigs in my life now who like to smell Daddy's four-day-old underwear. Anyway. <laughs> are, you, are you daddy now? Uh, yes, obviously. Okay. I can be daddy. I'm daddy sometimes. Cute. I've it's been a state daddy. of mind. Daddy's a state of mind. Look, I've been, since I was 23 or so, people have been calling since me daddy. last year. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> I just turned 28. Gosh. But I'm really like 57 inside. Oh, yeah, mentally in my 70s. Yeah, like like bedtime has has really sort of come a-knocking. Oh, if it's past 10pm. Honestly. I'm struggling. Fetish Week, apart from the events where I was a clown, I was setting up during the day and then i didn't even go to the event i just went home which is
1: fair yeah bedtime i mean when when these events that are fun for most people become work it is a job yeah i mean like in I the same I, way that people say to me oh my god you have the best job in the world you get to see all these porn stars naked it, it's all like an elbow to me now <laughs> <laughs> so desensitized to all of it it is just like yeah hot cool It's Um,
0: all like an elbow. Okay, that might (laughs) be. It's all like an elbow to me
1: now. (laughs) It really is. Um, Hopefully, a nicely moisturized elbow. We don't want it as flaky as mine. But is that something
0: I should be doing now that I'm old? (laughs) I need to start moisturizing. Oh, I
1: don't know. Just get, just don't be as stressed as I am, and you won't get psoriasis on your elbow.
0: (sighs) Oh, okay. Do you know what? That's a very dangerous thing to say to me because my sort of sailor V attitude. I uh, <coughs> sorry I mean I have a fantastic work ethic as in
1: you're always sitting in a tree <laughs> but mummy always wants you to come for tea I mean what, what? Shut
0: up.
1: you can't say and not expect me to quote be star witched at you
0: I, I, I can because we're not all that old <laughs> the ageism on this podcast is rife honestly you? I think I need to get cancelled maybe I just need to get beaten up That'll do it. I'm not doing that. You're about to be an employee. Oh, fuck. Max will do it. Oh, Max gave me my first bullwhip. Like, you know, just sort of gentle mm. at Pride. I, I... Yeah, I'm... Bled for days. <laughs> no, but I'm considering. That, that, yeah, I'm... I think that might be... Are you now going to constantly
1: have your long hair in a braid so that you can whip your hair back and forth and spank yourself?
0: Oh, shit, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, you can willow smith it, right? Oh, that
0: Put a little blade on the end of it. blade? No. <laughs> Dude, did you see... This is off the record. Did you see <laughs> yeah. Marshall... On a fully recorded call. <laughs> this is a fully recorded call, because I might keep it, who knows. Yeah. Did you see Marshall sound himself with that drill? No, because I closed my eyes and
1: turned away, because I saw what was coming.
0: I couldn't look away.
1: Anyway, thanks
0: for <laughs>
1: being on the I page. know full well what Marshall does in his act, and the second I see certain objects come out, I just walk away.
0: I think it was... The coolest thing I've, mm, I think it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I, I like, it was, I was so, I couldn't look away. It was like, it was like a terrifying car crash. My jaw was like ready to unhinge. I thought it was fucking wild. Swallow it, but- <laughs> <laughs> Like an anaconda. Anyway, <sighs> I'm looking at the time. What, uh, what's your, uh, what's your yay for the day today? Did you bring me a yay? I gave you homework. I did, but we've now we've now spoken about
1: so many things I've forgotten what my yay for the day was. Great, okay, well... Okay. I mean, obviously, finally getting somewhere with BT, but that doesn't count as a yay for the day. <laughs> that can be the yay. That's a yay for the next 20 minutes, I feel like, until um, the postman brings yet another letter saying they've done something wrong. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what my yay for the day
0: is. Don't still mine. I can't remember what you said yours was. I haven't yet.
1: Oh, my yay for the day... Is this is going to sound so mushy, but just how fucking proud of my team I am? Oh, okay. Uh, because they, as an, I mean, they just keep producing the most incredibly amazing stuff. And on Friday night, we had Hunter, the new night, uh, mm. run by Brew Hunter and Tish and Sunny, my incredible latex team, made what could only be described as a latex leather daddy of Brew Hunter. And that involved full leather daddy look, jacket, trousers, black vest underneath, anything we didn't make were the boots and his mule cap. And the jacket and the trousers had padding all over them, like stone padding. Um, wow. Tish has come up with a way to do that in latex. And it was the first time we'd done the full outfit. Tish had made herself a jacket before in it, but it was the first time we'd done the full outfit. And so there were lots of pitfalls of how do we make this work this bit stretches this bit doesn't stretch how do we make this work also dealing with making sure that the client feels comfortable in everything we are creating and i have had so many messages from brew saying he can't quite get his head around how many people told him how good he looked on friday night and when i say he looked good i mean oh daddy (laughs) he (laughs) Looked good. (laughs) And that is Tish and Sally doing the most incredible job. Me giving pointers every so often as to where I think the design should go to make it work best for Brew. And Brew being the most amenable, wonderful client who was available for fittings whenever we needed, because we had three weeks to make this entire thing in start to finish. Yeah, that's my yay for the day. That's a great yay yay for the day is my incredible team and also that we have a new leather night in london no sorry we have a new fetish night in london to all those people who remember Backstreet, it's like going to a night in Backstreet. You've got social spaces, you've got play spaces, and now there is no dance floor, which I don't hate because I dad dance and nobody needs to yeah. see me pointing wearing rubber. Ooh,
0: I kind of need to see that.
1: It's pretty much just this.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, it's basically just badly done Macarena with some of the moves missed out because I can't remember <laughs> what they all are, with probably a bit of Barbie Girl in there, or I don't know, whatever the <laughs> other one was.
0: Um Okay, I'm going to put a link to Hunter, because also I need to attend. Where was I?
1: You need to, everyone needs to get behind this night and support it. It is for if you are anywhere on the spectrum of identifying as male or male presenting, you are welcome. Mm -hmm. You can wear whatever your fetish is, as long as it's, I believe you're not allowed sportswear in there. Oh. I believe it's supposed to be leather is welcome. Latex is welcome neoprene is welcome what did he call it hsc so heel stocking corset is welcome so if you want to be fam come and be fam if you want to be who you are come and be it just be it well and enjoy yourself and that is what we got just no elastic harnesses um (laughs) that that doesn't cut the dress code sorry
0: um (laughs) okay that's good that's a great fucking yay that's a double yay
1: that's a double yay. I'm That's sorry to be cheating. that greedy bastard. <laughs> but they were you so intertwined with each other. greedy pig. They okay,
0: were fine. so intertwined with each other. Okay, so mine is not nearly as good, but I almost said mine earlier uh, and held off. Mine is going to be the fucking Barbie movie, mate. Are you kidding me? It's so I haven't seen good. it yet. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. Like, So no spoilers. I-, 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 I couldn't spoil it if I wanted to. It's so weird and absurd. Like, it's... It, it, it's not really about the plot of what happens. It's like more an, an emotion and a feeling and all about being. So dude, I'm, I went in with like high hopes, middling expectations. I was like, well, they have to play to a wider audience. It's probably just going to be another like, well, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It is so fucking good in every single way. I don't know how they did it, but they managed to straddle the line of if you hate Barbie, you will love this film. If you love Barbie, you will love this film. Like in equal measure. It is so brilliantly written and acted and created and it captures the essence and the world of Barbie and also what it means in the zeitgeist as a cultural icon and the effect that it's had on society. It is. it, It gives you a lot of questions without pigeonholing an answer and it's also... A lot more intelligent than I thought it would be, and is a bit existential, and yeah, it's good. fucking cool. Wait for I can't wait you know, to go and see the, it. it's so good. I, I don't know how. Also, the marketing was so fucking good. Like, I don't know. How, this is such. The whole thing has just been like a happy accident because the next ten years are just going to be every studio trying to cash in on this, and like. You're going to have every toy now will have some sort of absurdist, gritty feminist. If the
1: Fast and the Furious can have 30 movies or whatever they're up to now, (laughs) then Barbie can at least
0: have nine. Well, everybody's going to be trying it. I don't see how they could make another one. Like this one really, it it really is like a magnum opus. Does she die at the end? I'm not spoiling it. I'm not spoiling (laughs) it. It, it is like a magnum opus. It is like a, a thesis. It, it it really is like a presentation of like uh, it, it, it's it's a dissertation. It's fucking cool. Okay, and it's okay. pink.
1: I, th- I thought you were going to say like her and Ken, Thelma and Louise at the end, and so they couldn't possibly have a second. one.
0: I'm not spoiling it. <laughs> I'm not spoiling it. Also, this is Barbie's movie. It's not about Ken. Oh,
1: I know. Apparently, You're... it's all
0: about hating men, according to
1: one review that I read. No, it's not. You clearly hasn't quite understood any of it. Or been outside much in their life. <laughs> and voted
0: for Brexit, no doubt. I uh, no, don't want to end on a Brexit note. Oh, well then we we'll have to keep talking for another five minutes, quick. Okay, fine. Um, where can people find
1: you online? So, me personally or Fetish Daddy? Yes. Cool. So, uh, at Daddy Gear on either twitter or instagram our website is fetishdaddy.co.uk, and i warn you now it is quite out of date compared to what we are producing we are in the process of trying to shoot the new website so i apologize it's a little bit clunky and the designs don't necessarily reflect what we are producing now but if you see anything on our instagram you can't see on our website drop us a dm it comes through to me and i will probably reply to you at 7am please don't message me at 7am because i will reply That's where you can find Fetish Daddy. You can find me online at any of those points because I don't really have personal social media. I have a Facebook and also nobody under the age of 30 is on that anymore. So I'm trying to be young. Trying. And I don't have a personal Instagram or Twitter because social media gives me anxiety, frankly. Yeah, it... So just come and find me in person and say hi.
0: Okay, so your address is? Yeah, I was going to
1: say, when I say, uh, yeah, give us a follow, (laughs) that doesn't mean stalk me, please. Aww. Again, it's been court-ordered, Barney. That's why you're having to work from home the whole time.
0: (laughs) Uh, Your website, by the way, looks great. Thank you. Don't worry about it. It's only going to get better. You don't need to apologise.
1: I think it's just a case of, because I look at it and go, God, what we're making is so much nicer than what's on here now. And what's on there is flipping amazing, right? Yeah, it's great. It's still beautiful quality, wonderfully shot, beautiful shots of... You can say fuck. A wide range of... uh, Oh, can I? Fuck. Um, (laughs) A wide range of body types, skin tones, genders, blah, 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 blah. You know, we've done what we set out to do, but the next one is going to do it bigger harder fuck yeah because i want everyone to see themselves in our gear Mm. i really don't want to be looking at the same body type that most other brands use as an mm-hmm. easy, lazy go-to. Having said that, I am also fully aware that when we post a picture of a ripped white boy on our social medias, and this may be partly because of algorithms,
0: but uh, you think? we
1: get our far, 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 far more likes than we do if we post someone of a different body type or skin tone.
0: Yeah, everywhere you go.
1: So as many people that say they love how diverse we are, and inclusive we are. Use your finger to prove that as well. Yeah, that sounded wrong. Let me rephrase. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> Actually, I think it's perfect. <laughs> so what We're a great way to, to, end be be to end the podcast. We're not here <laughs> to be perfect. <laughs> um, cool. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at t stota. Oh, oh, it, oh! It's not called Twitter anymore. It's X. So that's. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for chatting. I'm afraid I'm still calling it Twitter. Yeah, obviously it's still Twitter until because
1: it's run by a twatter. A twatter,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, finish on a dad joke. (laughs) Um, Your dad joke. uh, I I really need to get a sense of humor. Dad jokes like weaken me in the knees far too easily. That's how they get me. That's how the daddies. That's how they get me. Damn it. Anyway, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me.
1: I assumed you invited me on because I was a big top.
0: No, I felt sorry for you.
1: <laughs> you just thought I looked lonely and didn't have anything to do on Tuesday evening. Sorry.
0: Uh, yeah, no, no, it is going out on Tuesday, on Tuesday evening, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I was correct, but, but yeah. You were absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm a big top. That didn't sound convincing. <clears throat> hey, I'm a big top. I'm Say a t- it one more time, but imagine you're a
1: triple XL t-shirt from Primark.
0: Go. Okay, I'm a big top. Here you go,
1: better. Did that work? Yeah, that sounded <laughs> like a triple XL t-shirt from Primark.
0: I am a big top. I'm a big I'm a big top. So join us next week as we go under my big top. <laughs> Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings the Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over the Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use, you don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and rs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the Hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.